Welcome back to another episode of Epsilon Reporting on air, on air, on air. And we're back. I'm joined here tonight with Kayla. How you doing? You're pretty damn good. How about yourself? Look good. Feel good. So, um, yeah, got a few things to cover. We'll start off with the the infamous, or famous, depending on who you ask, the pie. Tell me about your pie philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I'm going to sound a little crazy, but it makes sense. So just bear with me on this analogy, even though French doesn't agree with it. And we'll get into that. Basically, your life is like a pie. You are the crust. You are the combining thing that, like, brings all of those moving pieces in your life together. All your friends, all your family, all of that. So as the crust, there are certain pies that you just hold on to more, I guess. Um, And so certain pies filled certain slots. So you have a friend who's like super intelligent and knows everything about gardening and they fill that slot. They can help you grow stuff. They can help you pick out plants. You guys can go and look at nature stuff together. Great times. You have another friend who is very like into intelligence and like super smart and knows all kinds of stuff about the internet and can teach you about HTML to kind of keep you level enough. And you get all these like multiple pieces of pie. So that way you can have a full pie and like, For example, my pie is, I have French, who's like a sounding board. He's somebody that I can talk to, I can get advice from. He's also super intelligent, so nine times out of 10, he'll say some words I don't understand. Um, But I also have like Jake, who I've known for years, and I can literally call him and just sit in the car with him for like three hours talking about sandy panties. Like, and it just be totally fine. And he's my like relaxation and I have all these other numerous pieces like Caitlin and Jamie and Brett and boys and everybody all over the place. But sometimes it can feel like you're missing a very important piece. And that can be like, maybe you feel like you're missing a best friend or maybe you feel like you're missing a loved one, like a relative to give you advice. Or maybe you're missing a companion. Like maybe you're missing your mate. Like that's the piece of pie. You have everything else. You have all the friends, you have all of the family, you have all of that stuff, but you're just missing one piece. And so so I think it's, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) I think that it's very important that people kind of understand to like balance that out. Like understand it's kind of like a polyamorous relationship except for you're not sleeping with anybody or dating them but you're getting those check boxes of what you're looking for in your life and those influence influences you want to have around you from building this pie <laughs> that french thinks is stupid <laughs> i don't think it's stupid i think my at least the way i visualize it it sounds uh limiting And I also think it sounds like accepting of, uh, like you only accept people that would fit that pie slice, the the opening. And it also sounds like you're like pigeonholing or like putting people in a box. Whatever. Uh, So if I, um, the reason I say that is because I think people can be developed. Uh, you can help people mature. You can help people develop. They can do the same for you. Oh, yeah. And I think that if you take someone and you're like, this person is just my like my hike person, then like it may limit what you're willing to get into. This is the thing with the pie, though. Okay. Is some pie goes really good with other pies. <laughs> like, like 
sometimes it's really good to have like a rhubarb pie and a cherry pie together. So you're not pigeonholing. You're you're allowing people to set their own expectations. Like, I don't want to look at somebody and be like, I expect you to be only my hiking buddy. No, I'm going to let you set those expectations for me. Okay, cool. You're the person who gives advice. You're the person who comes out with like really intelligent things to say. You know a lot about science. Okay, cool. You've told me what your expectations are and your standards and where you kind of are at. And that's just where you're at. Hmm. Now, I honestly can't say I can pigeonhole any single one of my friends because all of you guys are so eclectic and I'm assuming that that's how it is for a lot of people. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, you guys are that like main piece of pie. I could explain it as the bike analogy, but people don't like that one. The bike one's a little stupid because the bike one's all about you not having control of your own life and letting other people control your life for you. Hmm. So like before I came up with the pie thing, I had this bike thing that I was like, okay, I'm the frame. (laughs) Caitlin's the handlebars. Jake's a tire. French is a tire. Sophia's a chain. So like all of us working pieces helped move me forward. And I had to like, kind of be like, whoa, that's not right. Like that's not right at all. Like if anything, I'm the whole bike. (laughs) That's not how this works. And so I think the pie thing works better because you're having that crust is the thing that's combining all of that. Like, it's touching everything. It's kind of like making the crossover. <laughs> but it's true. That's what I do in my life. Like, what? During COVID, I came and saw you. I came and saw Brett. I saw the boys. I saw Jake. Do you know how often all of you guys saw each other other than when I had an event? None. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm the crust. You guys are the filling. And I'm going to see each one of you. <laughs> I don't think, uh, well, so to, I guess to flesh out the, uh, the pie thing and then we'll get into, um, the whole, like they didn't see each other at the same time, but, um, so can a person be two pieces of pie? Yeah. So they can be two flavors of pie? Yeah. You can be cherry rhubarb or strawberry rhubarb or pecan almond or hazelnut pecan. Who knows? So, they have tons of pies out there. They got layered pies out there. <laughs> is cheesecake a pie? I don't know. It says cake in the name, but it's not bread. So I don't know. Well, the Hundred Years War wasn't a hundred years, so can't trust anyone. I'm the only one you can trust, Caitlin. I highly doubt that. That's how I'm going to raise my kid. I'm the only person you can trust. (laughs) But, um, so uh, I think, uh, so to give you an example. Let's say, let's say you hang out with someone and say, uh, I think we need to do a better job of communicating when we don't have, um, when needs aren't being met, not necessarily forcing it on people, but like giving them the opportunity. So for instance, like with certain people that I would only play video games with or something like that, I would, I think friendships, uh, for me at least, uh, need to develop. And, and evolve and yeah. so I'd be like hey we're great at playing video games you want to come hiking with me you want to come camping with me you want to talk about getting a aviation license together and like their people are incredibly dynamic I think they so I think the pie analogy gets me because both it seems like it limits them into the the only thing I want from this person is this one thing. No, that I'm just saying that's what you it's like. It's an example of what you get from the person. It's not what you want from the person because you're obviously going to get far more than what you want from people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes less. Um, but uh, so 
don't know. I think I don't jive with I, it because I'm such a visual person. Well, so and your brain is just, you're just picturing, you're like, all right, cool. I got a cherry pie so you can only do cherry things. But that's not the case because cherry pie, there's a lot that goes into it. There's cherries, there's almond extract, there's vanilla, there's tons of sugar. So like to look at it overall, like, yeah, it looks pretty basic. It looks like, okay, I've pigeonholed them into being a pumpkin pie. But, like, pumpkin pies can be fancy. Pumpkin pies can have lots of fucking ingredients okay. in them. <laughs> if pumpkin pie can be a pie, then cheesecake is a cake. Okay. Or, no, is a pie. Because because a pumpkin pie and a cheesecake... Are pretty much the same thing. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, except okay. for... Yeah. <laughs> glad you got I that. don't like cheesecake, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just hate cake, so but, I like, don't want my favorite thing. I just... It's the best analogy to form, like what it feels like I am because I am a conduit of multiple people but at the same time they all operate separately outside of me which like a pie does because I'm the crust so they're all touching me but at the same time they're all operating separately there's probably a different word for it because like would so at the end of the day you would consider yourself like a slice of pie like you no I'm the crust no, well, in other people's lives. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. bitch, I'm the crust in their life. <laughs> They're a little bitch pie. Uh, yeah. So you're a pie in other people's lives. Yeah. I could be. Who knows? Some people don't like pie. Oh, my God. This metaphor, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so it probably has a different word for it, but there's this term. I, I'm 90% sure it's called tessellation. And it's where, like, uh, one way you can use it is, like, if you have a bunch of like weird tiles, uh, you can tessellate them to get them to fit into like a smooth pattern. Uh, think of like uh, tessellate is a bunch of triangles stacked on top of each other. That's probably another way to use it. Um, it's all made up, so no, I'm kidding. But uh, Alt J has a song about it. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Um, so yeah, like think of uh, Persian tile mosaics, stuff like that, tile yeah. work. Like these crazy geometric patterns, they don't like, they're not the same pattern, but all together they can tessellate together to make like a smooth thing. Um, so me being a visual person, I think of what if like the pie are more like stars? And so we have the stars where we interact with pers a person as like one pie slice. But in actuality, that pie slice leads to a center, which then radiates a bunch of other pie slices out into other people's lives. Yeah. So I'm, I can slightly jive <laughs> with a tessellated star pie, <laughs> but just the pie thing. The tessellated star pie, though, is exactly what I'm trying to get with with the pie. Is like uh, all the pie, the pieces, they all meet in the center. A majority of them are touching each other. They all share the same common base. <laughs> like <laughs> you touch everyone yeah i touch everyone yeah. i'm touching you <laughs> no, <now. laughs> that but um, i think that like it's also a realistic understanding of people too because like i'm not sitting here saying that who knows how big my pie is? It could be huge. I could just have really long pieces for all I know. We all talk about the size of your pie, Kayla. <laughs> but, um, so I, I think, let me put it in a different word. I think like the way you think of that and the way you put people into like their areas of expertise, it shapes the way you will approach them and come to them and talk to them. Same like, um, 
like with me, you mentioned that uh, that you come to me for like a sounding board, like yeah. Good but advice, I also like come that. to you and ask you, what would you do if you found Bigfoot? Frame him. <laughs> so the answer that you got, <laughs> basically. Um, but that is true, and I think that like possibly with me, and possibly because of my own approach, I almost have like a weird irrational fear of being pigeonholed. I so know I'm like, you do. I'm like, I can be this. I, can I be as this. soon as you said, oh, I feel like that's pigeonholing. I'm like, of course, you're afraid yeah, that the pie makes you. Down. That means that just because you're a cherry pie, you can't be a blueberry pie. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, no, I. So eventually, I'm working towards. I just want to be a cheesecake. <laughs> but um, uh, so uh, two things. One, I think that there's like certain things that. Maybe not like Jake, because Jake, you've known him so long. Like, you have probably... He's like the he's, old piece He's had pie. so many... Ew, like, kind of dry. <laughs> but um, you've had so many chances to learn, like, the other aspects of him. But there's certain people that you might define as, like, this type of pie. And, like, I only uh, talk to them about these things. I only get super high with them on occasion and do this. But, like, in actuality, you could be like, hey, you want to go to a BMX course with me? And they might be open, but because you're the image of them in your mind is this particular there's pie. There's only one piece of pie that's like that. And I'm right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I, I am also not like trying to, I would never use the pie theory as being like, Oh, I'm only going to call this person for that. Like y'all, you all have to deal with me equally. That's why the analogy works for me is because for me, you guys all deal with me equally. Mm-hmm. Like there is very, 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 very little that I wouldn't say to any of you, like in our friend group, mm-hmm. like especially about my personal life. Are you kidding me? Jamie's taking a picture of my butthole. Like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> See, now you're part of the group. <laughs> yeah, so, but what? What happened there? Are you willing to get into that right now? Oh <laughs> uh, no! Damn it! I gotta text Jamie after this. It's okay. She'll just tell you we were drunk. We were drunk. Nice. Yeah. No, I get that. I I don't think I've gotten a good view of my butthole. Was it something like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that. No, I know what it was. That wasn't it. It's was all Johnny's fault. Yeah. Nothing. You don't good know Johnny. Yeah. Nothing good something. happens from Johnny. But yeah, a Johnny I've never met. Like yeah, a you've never met him. Super responsible. You're not going to believe me when I tell you what his last name is. You's going to think that I've made him up. His last name. Don't is... tell me. Don't tell me. I don't give a shit. But anyway. <laughs> 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 so. Um, okay. So uh, I, I, earlier you were talking about like how many times have we all hung out together? Very few. I think. Oh no. We've all hung out together, mm-hmm. but you guys haven't individually, like, sectioned off into groups to hang out outside of those moments. Like, it's gotten better, I'd probably say, within the last few months, like, since my birthday, even, in December. Like, but Caitlin would never reach out and try to get you guys to come hang out. And now you guys are doing yoga at our house. Yeah. And, like... Or Sophia and Jamie and I never used to hang out. And now we're, like, starting to hang out more. But it's just, like, other than that, I'm, like, I don't see Brett hanging out with Justin and Dan ever. I also don't see you hanging out with Justin and Dan ever. I don't see Jake hanging out with you ever or Brett ever. Maybe it's all just the dudes. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but, like, like I've, I've definitely hung out with Brett in the past. And I've also... I. Like, if you didn't show up to my housewarming thing, uh, I would have hung out with Justin. 
like Justin would have been there not featuring you. That was a very weird way for you to put that. Yeah. I, I like saying featuring. Uh, but... It, what, what does that even mean? There were so many other people here. Yeah. You would have talked... That means that I see him as, like, an independent entity. Like, I, you're not the broker for Justin. Yeah, no. And so I'm very confused on why you said that, like, you would have talked to me, but since I wasn't here... No. no okay, no. okay. I, I said uh, Justin was there, so, like... Uh, he would have been, I don't even know what I said the first time, but let me rephrase it all together. <laughs> um, but like, so, uh, he, if you hadn't have been there, then I would have just like, like I would have just interacted with Justin, not like through that whole night, but he would have been there not featuring you. So I don't, I think there's, well, you did mention you gave yourself like that liability clause of it is getting better, which is vague enough to say, oh yeah, that's, that's because it's getting better. But I think that, um. I think that we can be, like, I, I've been a huge conduit for, like, a lot of my friends into the friend group. Oh, yeah. And for a short period of time, you do, they do, like, uh, you guys go through me to contact them. Yeah. And then the end goal and part of the housewarming party is to get you guys to connect more when I want. Co-mingle. Yeah, and all together, because I think that um, we need to be way more mindful in uh, responsibility, taking responsibility for things, that's a side tangent, but also building up a sense of community with our friends. And I think sometimes we do a bad job of that, uh, especially Speak when... yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I have a great community with my friends, but that's because I'm the crust. <laughs> oh my God. You touch everyone. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, no, I think I, I have a really good community. I'm really happy with my friends. I just have a crazy bar of expectation. Like, literally, I want, like, um, uh, what's it called? Commune-level relationships with all of my friends. And I won't be satisfied until I get there. But um, also, just, like, outside of you and I, in general, like, people... This goes back into... Um, what we were talking about the other day that like if Denver was bombed uh, like if those people moved they like Denver wouldn't move Denver would be gone and so I think that stems from all the way down like from a bottom up mm -hmm. perspective we do a horrible job of building community uh, in our friends and even sometimes with our family we're oh, too yeah. fast to cut people out and I also think that we're too quick to say that's inappropriate that's not your place. You're a friend. Something like that. Yeah. Well, and the thing that gets me is, like, when personal boundaries cross over into, like, controlling somebody else. And expectations can, like, you have an expectation of your friends that you'll get to commune level. But you're not sitting there trying to change your friends to fit your expectations completely. Now, are you talking with them and seeing, like, what they want to do and, like, seeing if maybe you can find people that are willing to do it? Yeah, but you're not literally, like, shoving it down their throat. Like, you need to be this. This is what I need. This is my expectation from you. I hope to never uh, just simply tell people that they need to change their worldview. I hope to expose them to enough, enough information that... Maybe it doesn't even change in the direction I want them to. I just want to, at the end of the day, it's kind of like an open and free market. It, it works best when you have well-informed sellers and buyers. And I think like friendships and relationships work best, even working through a lot of uncomfortable elements, uh, work best with that, uh, that transparency and more and more information. And then you trust people to do with that information as 
you you think they uh, you deem fit. Ooh, actually, to counter that real fast, just playing devil's advocate with myself. That sounds weird. Um, <laughs> playing with yourself, figures. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, playing the old devil's trumpet with myself, as I like to call it. <laughs> no, so um, okay, so <clears throat> it would. I think the downside of communicating, like, just without direction, is, like, just giving people raw data, is that we, uh, to a fault, project onto everything. To project on all information we get and all people we meet. And so if someone has, like, a warped sense of themselves and, like, low confidence or any number of other things, they will... um, uh, negatively misinterpret data. That's more mm-hmm. likely than positively misinterpreting data. Yeah. Do you have a solution to that? To not misinterpret data? Uh, do you have a solution to the most effective way to communicate with another individual without them like projecting? No. Cool. I don't. I uh, something that I'm trying to like really hone in on and it's something that I've like been taught my parents have like these rules of life and this is just one of them is that like you don't have any control over anybody else at all you only have control over yourself so I could come to you and tell you like oh that is the most beautiful chess set in the world and you could be like she's being a fucking condescending bitch I hate her so much and I said it the nicest way I possibly could I could be like yo that table's rad and you're just like oh she she told me something so dear and like I don't know how you're going to take it all I can do is try to find a way to communicate it on my end as clearly and as um with pure intent as possible because I don't want to like have can you keep it down over there dog <laughs> I do want to try to like help limit the amount of miscommunication but at the end of the day you could be pissed the fuck off about something. You could be mad that you got stuck with the black table. And when I come in here and tell you that I really like your black table, it could just set you off. I don't know that. I'm not going to know that. I There's absolutely nothing in this world other than you being plugged into my brain that would help me know that. Because, um, like, even if you verbalized it, like, what's to say in two seconds? Like, it happened, I come in here and I say that, and then you're like, oh, well, I wish it was brown. Like, even then, you're still, like, not perceiving it the way that I intended it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so that's been the biggest lesson that I've been trying to work on myself is, like, quit being so concerned with how people are going to perceive it because you don't have control. You only have control over how you deliver it. I think, well, yeah, but, I mean, that is you are worried about how they will take it with being worried with your delivery. Like, you're taking it into account at that point. Well, yeah, well it's... <sighs> It's more or less like, I want to deliver a message. I want to make sure that it comes off clearly. And I want to make sure that, like, it at least sounds like there's some sort... Like, I I do care about the way that they perceive it. But at the same time, it's just like... Once it leaves your mouth, then sorry. Once it leaves my mouth, then it's already out there. And you're going to perceive it however you want to anyways. And I'm just like... I think that's where you can like build in those those clauses in statements. Like uh, I'll do it a lot of times where I say, like, correct me if I'm wrong, or like I'm probably wrong. Okay. Uh, and so like say something and then let someone else confirm. Or if I like know them well enough, uh, I I hope it shows through my actions. But I also want people to know like 
at the end of the day, I'm never trying to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have you over communicate than under communicate. And then that's like a pre-existing um, element in every conversation I have moving forward. And that therefore, like if someone were to uh, misconstrue my words or something like that, mm-hmm. I hope that they feel comfortable bringing it up to me. Yeah. I just know that sometimes people were the architects of our own pain. And they get in their own head and they yeah. overthink it. And then they're like, oh, well, there's this time on a Tuesday six months ago that he gave me a side eye. And I think that maybe this is related to that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking wild. I think that's where, like... So the the mind struggles with balancing things. And if you can truly balance, great. Great on you. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. And I think people... At least I found a lot of success in, like, lying to myself and saying all of these interactions are positive. Because I knew that, like, lying to myself that way versus, like, allowing the anxiety to get the best of me of, like, all of these interactions are negative, it would be less destructive than assuming that everything's negative. Yeah. So I I know, I fully acknowledge that I'm living in, in like, a false reality, uh, but it has led to more tangible happiness this way well yeah and probably more like opportunities and more chances to connect honestly Mm -hmm. and kind of like how you uh, definitely because I think people can pick up on like positivity Mm -hmm. uh, and but uh, kind of like with you saying like you're not responsible for how people take it I think I am I think people are so I think people are responsible for responding or letting me know if there's an issue. Yeah. And so, like, trusting them. And so, the fact that I think that helps me communicate freer because then um, I, like, I am responsible for how they take it as long as they meet their end of the bargain of communicating how they took it. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Me, I'm just like, I've been in too many situations where I will say something in the nicest way possible and then somebody will shut down on me and I'm like, I didn't even say anything mean. Like, I didn't even say anything bad. Like, I didn't say anything messed up at all. And it's been enough of those situations to make me be like, whoa, step back. This isn't about you. (laughs) It has nothing to do with you. It's all on their end. Uh, But I also think that that's something that should be... When I say, like, I don't care about their perception, like, that's not it at all. Like, I obviously care, but at the same time, it's just like, like I keep saying, I... I could tell you the table looks beautiful and you could fucking hate it. And I don't know that. <laughs> and you're mad at me. <laughs> I, uh, I think there is definitely a lot of value of communicating how you feel mm-hmm. almost to the point where you over communicate it because, um, so there's this term called like false consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, um, I hate to be that guy that's like, I just learned this in school, but, um, I, I learned it in school. <laughs> and, uh, basically, uh, if, False consciousness is like the beliefs that you have about the world are often and very easily uh, incorrectly concluded to and by using incorrect ideas of the past or incorrect ideas of that. So to give you an example, like one of the the, uh, most widely used examples is like a lot of times people that think, oh, Galileo, super smart guy, no one else was like him or all these different people, they think that those thinkers came up with those thoughts independent of the society that they're in and that like warps the reality that 
like that that's bad data very early on like mm-hmm. a small level of bad data that then all other data is or a lot of a huge pillar of data if you may is built on it and so if you were to remove that there would be a huge shift in your worldview and we're not aware of all of the incorrectly interpreted bits of uh like underlining data that led to our current solutions oh yeah and so um i think it's wild that you can see that happen in a social setting where people like all of a sudden you'll you'll be there for the uh the moment where they say oh my god i thought you hated me this whole time and that's why i acted this way and so i think there's and what i've been doing recently is like i will embrace the uncomfortable aspects of a situation a social situation commend you i wish i had that in me i don't yet Uh, i'm not there i well i think like that shaped almost like attaching balloons like balloons are the values or things i want if i attach one balloon to like that amount of discomfort i'm not going to do anything because it's like i move this huge chunk of lead Mm -hmm. or whatever um but if i attach like a fuck ton of balloons like i will get a lot from that activity i'm able to shift it i'm able to act upon it and so I'll flat out say, like, hey, so whenever I engage with you, I have a bad time. I, like, just don't feel good about it. Uh, and I think it stems from me thinking that, like, that you don't like me or that you think that I think that I'm better than you. I, I might be misinterpreting this, but, like, is that right? And then uh, this person can either, they're left with saying, yep, that's it, and then we can, like, fix it, or no, and then I'm like, Either that then collapses into two options of like they're not telling me the full truth or it truly is. And either way, they're someone that I don't want to engage with. So then I'm able to kind of like slowly not cut them out of my life. Yeah, but remove if need to. Almost like apps on a phone, I'm able to hibernate them where I don't think about them. If later they show they want to engage or something, I allow them. But till then, they're hibernated. I do that with a lot of people. I also, though, like sounds really bad if you think that i don't like you right out of the gate then you're probably not gonna judge my character very well (laughs) like i don't know why that's just like a thing in my head that's like none of my close friends have ever been like man i really thought you hated me other than jamie but jamie probably thinks that everybody hated her at some point (laughs) Uh, probably hates everyone at some point yeah like but like other than that that's never been the case and so when i meet somebody new and they're like oh yeah i thought you hated me and i'm just like you don't know yeah i'm like you don't know nothing about me and it's gonna be an uphill struggle possibly but then there's also times where it's just like okay well like i'm just gonna be me and if you still don't think i like you then obviously you just maybe you don't like me like maybe that's it like maybe you don't like me and you're projecting that and assuming i don't like you when that's not the case Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to be like super mindful of kind of what we're projecting onto, even all the way down to I'm going to enjoy this situation or I'm not going to enjoy this situation, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so tell me about your conflict resolution skills with friends, if you if you're into that. <laughs> what kind of conflict? <laughs> uh, the names, events, and dates have been changed on the following story. No. <laughs> Um, well, let me ask you this before we get into that. Has there been any movement with that? No. Okay, cool. 
All right, well, in that case, uh, on to the next thing. Uh, let me act like I had this whole thing planned. And uh, tell me about another one of your concepts. Uh, I've heard you mention it, moose in the zoo. Moose in the zoo. In the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> You're always talking about it. No. <laughs> hey, I just want you to know, I made that note in September, okay? So obviously, moose was on my brain. You're like, someone stole <laughs> my phone and typed in moose in the zoo. No, I think... In the zoo. <sighs> The moose in the zoo was very depressing, and I'm honestly kind of sad that, or I'm honestly glad that it passed away. Because first off, moose are solitary animals, and it was smack dab in the middle of the zoo, next to all the other animals to be looked at, and it did not ever seem happy when I was there. Second off, moose travel extremely long distances, like ridiculous, and he was stuck in a place that was the size of your townhome which drove me bananas. (laughs) And he just, like, overall, the quality of life, like... Wait, so give the background real fast. So was this Cheyenne Mountain Zoo? Where was this? Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. So Cheyenne Mountain Zoo had a moose, probably until last year, and then it died. And then I think I rejoiced it and then put it in my notes because I was like, oh, hey, this will be an interesting thing to talk about. Okay. When I saw it on your notes, I thought it was like... uh like a conceptual no <laughs> that's why i told you it was stupid it it's literally about the moose okay. in the zoo so next time in your notes can you put pie conceptual in parentheses and then moose in the zoo literal <laughs> like i need to know what the fuck this is but um yeah oh my god i can imagine it's kind of like a, a form of a uh, like a whale or something like that yeah also meant to travel but i also don't believe that humans should be in solitary confinement like that either well, kind of about the, the same vein of talking about it. Have you heard about how, well, uh, like, dolphins will go through a degree of, like, kind of, like, mental dampening. Let's mm-hmm. use that word. Uh, and they, like, exhibit <laughs> traits of... Um, you were going to use the R word. <laughs> R R. But, um, uh, yeah, so they will, like, exhibit traits of either things that show high levels of cognitive dissonance or all the way down to like reverted levels like things that uh younger dolphins show interest in and younger dolphins struggle with and so um they exhibit these when put in captivity so like they shrink their mind down to deal with the reality they're in so i guess uh uh like i've thought about how with people uh if you have like the the wealth to build like a really high or a really large exhibit, if you may, uh, we're able to do the opposite and like expand our mind to fit in that exhibit and take advantage of it. Like who I'm thinking of in particular is uh, like Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Bill Gates was he, like in general a smart guy, but he also had the freedom that if he like wanted to work with something, he absolutely could, and so his mind was able to extend the barriers of what is yeah. it thinks is possible to reach it to that level mm-hmm. which makes sense i just solitary confinement shouldn't be a thing i honestly any animal that travels very long distances for like their normal life probably shouldn't be in a zoo yeah it's weird what that you think of zoos in general the older i get the more i don't like them it's really strange how I, do you how do you balance the argument of conservatism and stuff well Um, I'm pretty sure that part of the conservatism that happened is 
<laughs> I heard a podcast a while back that was explaining how saving like a specific animal had started and it had absolutely nothing to do with actually saving the animal. <laughs> I don't remember the full details of it, so I'm not going to go into too much depth because I don't want to sound stupid. (laughs) But it was pretty wild because the person who actually started to hunt these animals in order to learn about them, so they were hunting the animals to put them into captivity so that way they could use them to learn about the animals. But what was happening is it was killing off the animals. So then they started hunting them and killing them to bring them to, like, just do the, like whatever it is that they were doing obviously kayla is very vague on the details it's almost like drunk history um (laughs) but through him doing that he actually did start uh like wanting to take care of the animals and being like whoa 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 we can't just kill these off in order to learn about them and taxidermy them and take them to schools and teach children about them we need to keep them alive and i think that that's where more of the zoo came in is like let's capture them and throw them in a zoo because we still need to teach people about them i think that's fantastic i think that there's more than enough space in the united states for there to be open space zoos there's uh kind of yeah there's a wildlife reserve in colorado there was three of them one of them got shut down because of malpractice. Um, the other one is amazing. They have 40-foot tall platforms that stick off the ground. It's over a ridiculous amount of acreage. And you walk on this platform above the animals, mm-hmm. looking down into the pens where they have all this space. And it's like lions and tigers and bears and like all kinds of rescue animals, rescue, mountain lions. They have like everything you can think of there. Um, but they do it in the most uninvasive way as they can for the animal. That might be the one I'm thinking of. That's up north, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like... The platform's really high, so you're not invasive. You're not allowed to, like, have dogs anywhere near the property. They can't even be in your car because that's considered invasive for the animal. You have, of course, like, like... volume limits? Yeah, and they have tons of, like, space for these animals, too. And so I'm like, if somebody who doesn't get money from the state can go and make that, and granted, they may get some money from the state. They are an animal refuge. Mm-hmm can do that imagine if somebody if they took something like the zoo and gave it so much more space like i know that those giraffes probably sitting in there real fat and happy because they don't seem like they're having any poor quality of life apparently they live 10 years longer in captivity than they do in the wild anyways Mm -hmm. um but things like moose bear like do we really need them in the zoo or like um, (laughs) well I guess if they were, like, rescued sometimes, or depending on uh, if they're, like, rescued from another zoo, yeah. it might be really Or a hard circus. To, like, yeah. Um, but I feel so bad for all of those animals in, like, the Russian zoos and stuff that just get, like, left behind to starve. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And then, um, fucking, uh, I saw some elephants. Uh, and elephants, like, super smart. Like, literally just to, I guess, yeah, if... If it benefits them, it's good. I shouldn't complain about it. But it sucks that they're in a, a situation in which, like, the excitement is not just giving them the food, but instead putting the food up high in a ball that they have to, like, dick around with. Like, they just make it harder for them to get the food instead of, like, giving them a larger exhibit that they can be in. Well, yeah. Some of that has to do with trying to imitate how the ways that they would get food in the wild, too. 
mm. is like cognitive skills. Just kind of like how when you give a kid the like thing with the shapes that you put in it, it's kind of like that, but for elephants. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I also think like elephants at the zoo, I pay enough attention to them also. Like they don't have a lot of elephants at the zoo. I think they only have like two of them. Um, and they take really good care of them. They're constantly talking about how much care they take care of them. I volunteered at the zoo, so I've seen them do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, great. Renaissance Festival? I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. They have an elephant. They have a camel. They have all kinds of stuff. And what they do is they literally put it in a pen that's the size of this room all the way around, maybe a little bit bigger, and they take money from people to put them on top of this animal and walk in a circle Hmm. around the thing while they're in the middle of the Renaissance Festival. So there's just crowds of people going around either side. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't like that. Like, I don't like it. I don't like it. And you don't display how you keep the animal outside of here like i guess i'd understand if there's a little bit more transparency like at least with the zoo they have to have transparency they're everywhere they're a lot more honest with the way that they're treating things like anytime they have to put an animal down they're like okay all of these reasons are the reason this is everything that we've tried to like see if this would work and it wasn't working and it was quality of life at this point Mm -hmm. like it wasn't anything other than that when you go to the renaissance festival or a circus you don't get that you don't get you don't get introduced to the animals. You go to the zoo and they're like, this is our snow leopard from blah, 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 blah. And they have a bond with that animal. Like, even though they're displaying it and they're trying to inform people about it, they care about that animal. Mm-hmm. Anytime I've been to the Renaissance Festival, it's never, I care. Like, oh yeah, this is my elephant. Come on, take her out. Nothing like that. Like, like nothing. Novel yeah, like I'm doing this so that way you can pay me money because I have an exotic animal. Mm-hmm. Which I completely understand why everybody was so mad. Well, a lot of people were mad at Tiger King for doing the same thing with Tiger Cubs. Mm-hmm. I think it's stupid. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love talking about it. I think I was talking with Sophia the other day that, like, if not even in the sense of, like, hey, we all need to be vegan or something like that. Yeah. But uh, if aliens came down and treated us like the way we treated, like, even the good animals, it would be so fucky. And, like, it would be horrifying. Uh, and, like, if they treated us the way we treat, like, or poorly treat animals, like chickens or something like that, that would be horrifying. Yeah, it's straight science fiction. Like, if you ever need fuel for, like, science fiction horror, just go to, like, a, a slaughterhouse. And then put a person in there instead of a... <laughs> it's it's uh, definitely interesting. I think, like, so much of us... This gets back into, like, the intentionality of action... Um, I think, uh, you were referencing that podcast. I don't fucking know what you're talking about with that podcast about that guy trying to save that animal. But, uh, if you find it, send it to me. Um, but I have heard these things where like, if there's an ecosystem that needs to be saved, there's like this weird, uh, like strategy, uh, to save the ecosystem by finding a super cute animal in that ecosystem and saving it. Pandas. Yeah. I I hate pandas. I hate them. They are designed to die. Yeah. <laughs> like they can't digest the food. They don't repro- reproduce they in the wild sex. like successfully. Uh-huh. Even if they do, they can they'll kill their mate. Like <laughs> Oh, I didn't know about that. That's so nice. like they don't want to be around. Yeah. And the amount of money we've pumped into pandas, we could have saved so many other animals. Well, actually so many. 
I'm glad you brought them up because this is a great example. They do help a lot with those ecosystems that they come from. And as they're an example of like, pandas are picturesque. They're like a poster child. So people care about those and in turn saving different ecosystems. Which makes sense because they're saving the ecosystem that the panda is in. But I was. Yeah, but it just sucks that like, I, I wish that. It uh, sucks that all their money goes to pandas. They're not like, oh yeah, also save this animal. Yeah, well, the bulk, like, majority goes there. But um, I just. It's so wild to think that like so much of society, like this. It's something that's wild to think about, but also, like, totally makes sense and uh, obvious. But uh, it's wild that, like, the issues that we deal with are the fact that, like, we're humans and we're susceptible to, like, faulty ways of thinking Mm -hmm. in unique ways. Like, we... Logic fails us in unique ways that make us human. And so, like, I think it'd be crazy if we were a different species that just were, like, this uh, ecosystem needs some help. Look at these animals. Look at these fish that have, like huge crazy teeth that make them look ugly i don't want to kill each one of those instead i would like to save this ecosystem but instead like we need to almost be uh, on large scales we need to be tricked into caring the craziness though is how our the way humans think us caring and protecting an animal can also be its demise so like (laughs) for example we really care about this animal that's in this specific region but then what do they do? They drive tourism there. Or we really care about conserving this animal, so we're going to put them all in the zoo so we can teach you about them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, the intentions were on the right track. Execution, not so much. <laughs> like, yeah. like SeaWorld should have never been a thing. Ever. Yeah. And it all was done under the guise of educating us and allowing us to understand what was going on with the whales and conservation. Mm. Because they still take money to help with the conservation of whales, which is like, what? It's weird to think like, sorry, buddy, you're going to get like tortured and have a really bad life, but like for your other other species, like you're just gonna have to deal with this and take the brunt of this okay oh and we're gonna like inbreed you a bunch to the point that like you can't have successful births anymore and (laughs) it's just it's it's so weird how much the humans are like oh we're gonna do this good by creating this thing and then it's just like bad 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 (laughs) but there's also been like oh here's this bad thing and it's been like good 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 so i think it's it goes both ways so you brought up a good point of tourism i've thought about that for a lot that's like such a uh, like a oxymoron or I'm drawing a blank on the exact word that I'm thinking of but uh, basically it's it's weird that like we all want to be free and more of us want to be free and like do unique things which I think is cool but um, in that same act we're destroying different ecosystems that are mm-hmm. hard to get to so like do you think that there's a right way to show the beauty of a location? I think VR Yeah. virtual reality is going to be like the best way have you ever used a VR set? Yeah, not that was really good graphics though. Have you ever done like an Oculus? If it has good graphics, <laughs> then no. Uh, decent graphics, but that's the direction to go in. Mm-hmm. I think that if you want to create a s- situation where you can see animals in their element and still be safe and keep them safe, VR is going to be the only way to do it. I was thinking about something super similar to that. Uh, It sucks that, like, we have this thing hardwired in us where we want to be, like, the first ones to experience stuff or, like, we want to have unique uh, experiences. 
like what it means to have the human experience has totally shifted like I'm sure you've heard like the back few hundred years back uh, people wouldn't even they'd like live and die in their hometown and barely even leave mm-hmm. and now we're like if we live in our hometown we're like a failure like yeah, some, people feel super shitty about themselves yeah and like we need to have this crazy new experience we need to have uh, like be the first one the, the more rare the experience the better the experience which is almost in a weird way if you're thinking about the human experience some of the best experiences are the most common like having yeah. a family and yeah. shit like that but um, so I was thinking about like what if deep fakes in a weird way are like the answer to over tourism and erosion and stuff like that where uh, what if like green screen tech stuff like that got so accessible so good that you could be like look I'm at the volcano I'm at a volcano. Uh, look, I'm skydiving right now, guys. I'm skydiving. I'm swimming with sharks right now. Like, whatever. You could make uh, a photo or video of you doing pretty much anything. And then that would... I, I, well, I'm hopeful, almost, in a, in a weird way, if this is a, a feature that is uh, obtainable, um, of people that think to themselves, like, I could go, like, uh, backpacking for a few days into the backcountry, uh, uh, Utah to, like, well, no, because I guess the worst uh, erosion is stuff that's super easily accessible. So, I could drive for two days into Utah up to the the nearest road that's accessible of this overlook, and me and my family of six or whatever uh, go and walk on over, take a look, and probably leave some trash, and then at the end of the day, the bare minimum, like, leave some footprints, which increase the erosion and get this one-of-a-kind or this really nice photo right here. I'm thinking of Horseshoe Bend is the, the place I'm, I'm thinking okay. of in uh, Arizona. And so, like, I'll take a photo of myself right here. Like, would they want to do that, or would they just, like, get their family together, take a photo, and, uh, like, use this app or whatever its uh, form it's in to make it look like they're there and then send that out as their Christmas? Well, I mean, party. they can, but that's kind of already what's happening with social media. <clears throat> Because essentially you're having people on social media post these false experiences that make it seem like they're experiencing it for the first time or that they're all alone doing it. And it's not the case at all. Like, I think that there was just recently a bunch of outrage over people realizing that celebrities who take a picture with, like, their phone in the view are using two phones. They're not actually taking the picture on their real, like, the phone that's in the picture as, like, a selfie, like a mirror selfie almost. That's interesting. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, well, like, it's all just fake anyways. But I also think that, like, it just sucks. Social media also pushed a lot of that. A Mm. lot of that. Because why else would you want to drive six hours to go someplace to stand there for two minutes just to take pictures and leave? Exactly. Or who else would you know? Uh, Or how else would you know that that was there? Because, like, geotagging on Instagram, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that's, like, in those uh, Facebook pages that we're in that talk about, like, uh, just the beauty of Colorado towns, whatnot, uh, people will intentionally not share the Uh location. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, no, I don't want 10,000 of you people. Or, like, uh, Colorado Photography. Mm -hmm. They do the same thing there. I do the same thing. People are like, where do you like to go kayaking? I don't tell them. Yeah. I don't want my spot to get blown up because that's what'll happen is people will start posting it online and the next thing you know, everybody's there and they don't care about it. And I'm not having that. If I can do my part and not open my mouth, I will. But I think that it's just so stupid because like Horseshoe Bend, beautiful, beautiful place to be. But you're right. 
people literally go there to take their pictures for two seconds and leave. Mm. They don't know anything about it. Like, I know it's on an Indian reservation, but did I get any education on what it actually was or what it meant to people in the area or anything of that sort? No, I came and took a picture and left. Mm. Like, granted, Jamie and I woke up at the butt crack of dawn and we went and watched the sunrise and just hung out for a minute on the edge of it, just enjoying it. But, like, I think that's another part of... <laughs> another reason why, like, I don't take pictures anymore. Like, I like that. Yeah, I bet that, like, shapes how you interact with reality. It does, but at the same time, I'm almost convinced I'm going to have memory problems when I'm older. And so photos help me, like, trigger memory and keep it there. Um, so I have to take photos for myself, but I don't want to take photos to post online anymore. Like, mm. I... I don't know if that was an age thing or an awareness thing, kind of seeing what was happening and being like, yeah, no, I want to live in the moment. And you brought up a good point. That's one of the reasons why I do take a lot of photos is to, like, I'll periodically scroll through my photos uh -huh. and, uh, like, delete the, the really early ones. Because there's scenes where I'll take, like, six photos and then those stay in my camera roll mm -hmm, for, like, forever. years. And then, uh, like, finally, as I'm going through, as, like, my patience drops, where I don't know what it is, I just go... This was the best photo. And I delete all the others. I do the same thing. And so, yeah, keep my just digital library clean. So, and whenever I do that, it strengthens my self-image. Because as I go through that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Especially, like, during the pandemic. It's so easy to have a warped sense of your social life. You're like, I don't, I don't hang out with anyone. I don't have any friends. And it's because you don't hang out with anyone there. Like, we're super short-sighted, mm -hmm. both in the future and the past. And well, it's like, even like... Uh people the it's even in the sense of there's been a lot of people even in our friend group who feel like we haven't done things or like hung out or done anything or been around each other or anything of that sort whereas me i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> like, like i've been on barbecues i've been on boats i've been camping <laughs> like all these things i'm like i don't understand what it is but i'm like oh yeah at the same time i haven't been posting about it I've just been doing it mm -hmm. and like living it. I think that's great. And I'm wrestling with that idea a little bit because it's hard because now I'm to the point where I'm like, God damn it, Kayla, you're not taking literally I go through my phone and it's all just memes now because I've stopped taking so many pictures. I've gotten to the point that I'm not taking any pictures <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa, there has to be a nice medium. But I have a tendency to do that. Like one extreme to the next before yeah. I find the middle. <laughs> we like best way to make changes is over correction. But, um, so I've been struggling with it for a little bit because like I'll post stuff, not for like the dopamine rush of getting a bunch of likes or anything, but I found like a correlate. So I, I feel like it helps me maintain and strengthen my brand, air quotes to use like modern buzzwords, um, my personal brand in other people's lives because we all, we all have like a little image of ourselves that lives in other people's heads. Like, uh, I, like when you leave tonight, uh, I, there will be an image of Kayla that because of this also side note, thank you again for joining me, <laughs> uh, will be a little bit more high def. And the more we know that person, the better definition gets, if you mm -hmm. may. And so that little Kayla lives in my head rent free. And, um, uh, it, so like it can, if we don't engage, it slowly starts to fade. Yeah. And I think, I, and I've noticed that if I post stuff, uh, like about like, uh, crazy adventures, crazy hikes, whatever, or just in general post stuff, I, more people will reach out to me 
You get to, like, maintain that image versus them just, like, not being around it. So, therefore, the image isn't in their brain. Yeah, because I think they see that and, like, oh, yeah, uh, I want to hang out with that kid or something like that. And then all of a sudden they'll, like, hit me up, like, hey, man, you want to go hiking or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think there is an element of, and this goes back into almost, like, a lot of the things I do are counters for even my own shortcomings, but, like, just people shortcomings where like I don't I I wish we were more mindful where we would meditate and be like let me list all my friends and who have I not hung out with however also want to hang out with and then we reach out to that individual but instead so many times people get like wrapped up in their like little micro reality and then uh, like a photo a text or like Mm -hmm. some sort of news hits them and they're like hey we should hang out or uh, hopefully it's never the other side of, oh my God, that person's like dead. Uh, I wish I had hung out with them a lot more. I was just doing other things. I, I think that my perception on that's a little different because I lost somebody pretty close to me when I was pretty young. So like, I have always had that like, oh, I need to reach out and put effort into this. Um, because of that, like my junior year of high school, my best friend got shot, like just shot and I struggled for a really long time with like oh man I wasn't his best friend like that doesn't make any sense like I don't deserve that title or anything of that but it made me also look at my friendships and value them more like oh shit like tomorrow you could not be here because I literally saw him the night before he died Mm -hmm. so to have that realization at like 16 17 where you're like oh shit like I literally saw somebody and then they're dead the next day definitely kicked into the like put in an effort, let people know you care, vocalize how you feel about them, let them know how you care. And then of course, when my brother died in 2011, it was like, boom, let people know how you care, always vocalize what you have to say. So that's always been something that's been driven into my brain on my own because I didn't miss those opportunities with those people. And I'm very grateful that I didn't, they know that I loved them, Mm -hmm. but I don't want anybody in my like circle to have something happen and then be like, I don't know how Kayla felt. Mm-hmm. I don't want that at all. So I've always, I've made it a very honest point to try to vocalize it. Even to this, the point that I probably drive uh, the boys and Jake mad with this, but if we're like driving around and I see a like cross on the side of the road, I'm like, don't do that. If I die on the side of the road, don't do that for me. Like I'm gonna vocalize it because I want you guys to know where I'll be like, hey, I really love the shit out of you just randomly. Because I want you to know, I don't ever, at the end of the day, if something was to happen to me, because not even in the sense of if that person passed away, I want people to be like, I know Kayla loved me. She vocalized it. She told me. She made it a point to say, hey, I care about you. Or she made it a point to come sit with me in my bed for two hours when I was really depressed. Like, I want that to be the thing that happens more or less than trying to do it like after the fact and that's just been something that's been in my life for over 10 years now and that's amazing so you've taken some like traumatic moments and you shape that into like a catalyst for you to be like better more active and more engaged in other people's lives so that's beautiful so i i think that uh i wish more people were like that at less of a cost (laughs) um but i i think most people aren't like that well and they don't they don't think about it 
they they haven't had to think about it. Right. So they're to them they're just like, oh well, I'll I'll hang out with that person when I get to it. And something that has been also like a huge part of all of that has been I've always tried to put effort into my friendships. Mm-hmm. I bond with people one on one. Like, yeah, we can do a party and stuff, and I can hang out and have a good time, and I'll have a conversation with you, and you'll have a bit of memory. But hanging out with you one-on-one is where I truly feel bonded, and then I can, like, truly communicate directly to you. There's no misconception. There's no, oh, well, maybe she was saying that to somebody else. No, I was saying it to you Mm. sort of thing. Um, But it takes effort. Like, I've had people be like, oh, man, I don't feel like you care about me. You haven't come and seen me in a really long time. And I'm like, I'm busy. I'm sorry. Let's do it this week. Like, I'm going to make this happen right now. And that's, like, been a lesson. It's really hard to do that. It is very hard to put effort into your work life and your home life and then also into your friendships. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing that there's a lot of people that are my age that are like, I don't have friends. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, well, when you got married, did you keep talking to them? Like, when you had a kid, did you keep talking to them? when this happened did you keep talking to them like Mm. me no matter what i have friends who've had babies that i haven't seen in forever i'm literally gonna go see them on saturday and i'm auntie k and it's like i've made that effort to be like hey i'm going to talk to you (laughs) even though these life events are the type that would separate us i'm not gonna let that happen Mm. like at all and i think that that's where people really get lost too with that is i know so many people who get married and they lose their friends or they have a kid and they're like, I only hang out with other people who have kids. Mm. Well, yeah, that's great. You guys have things in common. But what's to say you can't learn something from your friends who don't have kids? Exactly. I think, like, uh, it's just easier easier to communicate on that level. And sometimes after, uh, as you mentioned, instead of the time element, the energy element of, like, mm-hmm. balancing work and exercise and all these things, like, sometimes conversations uh, take energy. Oh yeah, and uh, and figure out a way to like make things relevant or keep it going, all that stuff. But I think um, with uh, with a lot of your friends and the effort that you put into that, I I love that because a lot of times people they don't understand how much energy they have or how much control they have rather yeah um instead they're like this is like life happens to them they don't happen to life yeah. kind of a deal and if this goes back into like trying to develop friends something like that like hey these are some things that i'd like to get to know you better on mm-hmm. a level uh or just in general i would like to get to know you more and connect more stuff like that and i think uh one thing that stands in the way is kind of hand in hand with the not knowing how much power we have or how much control is like this weird notion that we never want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. And I, I really don't like that idea. And I see that a lot of places I saw, I, uh, someone posted it. I think it was you that posted like, it was either you or Jamie, but like at the end of the day, like if you want to cancel on me, go for it. Like yeah. uh, same day cancel, like, um, uh, let me know. Like, if you're not feeling it, let me know. I am the most... Like, I'll understand it. Like, yeah, maybe my feelings will be hurt. Like, man, I really want to hang out with that person, but... Ooh, I'm glad you have that approach because I don't agree. I'm also gonna respect them. Mm-hmm. Like, I would want to be respected. Like, mm-hmm. the weekend after the robbery at the bank, I was fine. I was just exhausted. And I was mm-hmm. able to message Jeff and be like, hey, I'm exhausted. Can we reschedule? And he mm-hmm. was fine with it. 
Whereas he could have been offended. Like, are you kidding me? Like, we literally have this set, like, months in advance. Like, he could have gotten irritated with me. But mm. instead, he was like, no, that's fine. Like, I get it. I think it's understanding, too, that, like, people know themselves. And, like, I if they're constantly bailing out on you, like, that, that's the other caveat of the whole bonding with friends. It, the way that I say it, it makes it sound like you can bond with anybody. And that's not true. Sometimes you'll try to put in that effort for a friendship and you won't get it back. And so you'll do, like you said, and just hibernate the app mm. and just let it sit there. If they reach out, they reach out. Cool. Whatever. But at the same time, like, it can be just, it can be negative. It can be a negative experience. Well, it can be a sink, uh, I call, like, where you lose energy on it. Not like even it's infuriating or it's, like, bad or dark, but more energy is lost than gain. But that's also comes hand in hand with understanding your expectations of that person. Mm-hmm. So like your expectations of that person are like, oh, they should be available to hang out with me all the time. They've never blown me off before mm-hmm. or they're always flaking. They blow me off. And so your expectation kind of sets your reality with it. Whereas, yeah, I expected to hang out with my friends, but if they communicate to me that they want to reschedule, I'm going to respect that. Yeah, and definitely it's nuanced and exactly uh, But please don't do it while I'm, like, at a restaurant waiting for you to show up. Don't Ooh. do that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, an hour in advance is fine, but, like, if I go to meet you somewhere and I am there and then you bail, that's a little less acceptable. <laughs> no, I see, I didn't like that, uh, the post, because, yeah, at the end of the day, know yourself. If you're not feeling it, communicate. So mm-hmm. that's a huge thing, communicate. Um, because, yeah, there can be reasons... Um, I think that person does need to put in an effort. Like they don't need to absolutely be 100% psyched or like, like if they have a slight degree of like, I am kind of tired. They do need to put an effort in. Yeah. I, yeah. I do you can't that. just be like, Oh, I'm tired and cancel all your plans all the time because yeah. you're always tired. And also I think like that should be coupled with, you mentioned it perfectly rescheduling. Like, mm-hmm. no, I can't. I'm tired of shit. Let me reach out to you um, by the end of the week and we'll set something up. I think that, like... Or, hey, how does next Saturday work instead? Yeah, if you have the energy to, like, in that moment reschedule. But I think that um, there's, like, this pervasive attitude in our society that at the end of the day, I just don't want to make people uncomfortable. And I I hate that, and that's not a good environment for growth uh, or even confronting the reality of things. Because if... If I stop short, you stop short, the distance in between, we misinterpret and we think the other person fills that distance. But instead, it's unfilled gap of, like, our understanding of reality. I know that got a bit lofty. But um, if if you never want to confront someone because you think they're going to feel uncomfortable uh, about hanging out or uh, about anything else that they crossed you with or anything like that. And that goes back into kind of what we were talking about the other day of... Uh, like building that uh, sense of uh, contempt for them, mm-hmm. yeah. Like a slight, uh, a slight slight. <laughs> uh, if someone does something like that, you don't drive with, and you don't address it outside of your expectations, and you don't <laughs> communicate. Yeah. yeah, and I there's definitely a line. Like if someone like goes left and you went right, and you're like, dude, I, I what? you always choose right like that's the rule like why do you do that obviously that's Mm -hmm. too much and weird and you can't demand that from people but if there is something that you yourself have weighed and said this is an issue uh there is a way out because sometimes people will just bring up stuff that Mm -hmm. they bothered you with and there's no way to like okay yeah damn that that sucks uh what can i do oh 
nothing. You just pissed me off, something like that. No, I don't agree with stuff like that. But we need to handle those small things because eventually those shift, even though our like very conscious mind says, oh, I can handle like the small things, our subconscious can't. Mm -hmm. And it says, you know, this person's like out of the last 16 interactions, 14 of them have been negative. I don't think I like them. And that will warp how Mm -hmm. you slowly start to perceive them. I think that going back to what you were saying about being uncomfortable, it's not so much about wanting to make other people uncomfortable. It's about you not wanting to be uncomfortable, especially when it comes to like ditching out on plans because people are like, Oh, well maybe I don't want to go to that party. There's a lot of people there that I don't know. Or uh, I've never been to this restaurant. I don't normally hang out with like French on my own. I don't know if I'm okay with that, or uh, I just want to stay in bed. I don't want to, like, leave. I'm just, like, uncomfortable even leaving the house sort of thing. Like, I think a lot of it has to do with their own comfort level Mm -hmm. is, one, you get comfortable sitting at home in your bed doing nothing, and the idea of leaving that to go do those plans to be around those other people can be uncomfortable. Not necessarily in the sense of, like, oh, I don't know you, but just in, like, you are literally prone, laying down in bed, just chilling, watching TV, comfortable AF. Yeah. yeah you have to effort. remove yourself from that comfort to yeah. go do the thing. <laughs> like, you could probably cancel. Yeah. <laughs> if you strip away, like, all the things about it, it just one takes more effort, one mm-hmm. less effort, something like that. And that gets back into uh, kind of like, fuck, was that in this podcast or the other one? The mm-hmm. Voices? separating the voices out oh shit oh that was the other one damn it yeah see that's one I'll have to cut out but yeah like which voice do you give more power to the one that like has control of your moral compass or the one that like has the gets uh, fed by the dopamine in your brain yeah do you give it the monkey or what or do you give it to the one that's like get up and just do it because you're gonna have to do it anyways eventually or right yeah as soon as I said or I was like I trapped myself in this metaphor is it a monkey and a better monkey (laughs) 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 two monkeys I, I think it's a lot of it comes down to communication a lot of it does but no I think so a lot comes into communication but a lot comes to self worth I think that we can never I think too many books focus like have laser focus and say we need to do this better there's this one small trick and dentists hate him for it something like that but um 9 out of 10 agree (laughs) yeah right 9 out of 10 think 1 out of 10 needs to conform but uh there's in actuality it's like a DJ board you have to like move so many different sliders at the same time to get things to work I've always thought that that like to be better communicators we need to be bolder but order of operations before we can be bold we need to all be better about taking criticism and being more resilient as individuals and more confident and have more self-love self-awareness yeah i mean you would to achieve that without self-awareness you would have to have the perfect childhood i think self-awareness is the course correction out of childhood so many people have like like you're not gonna i've seldomly met anyone that comes out of childhood unscathed and so you're going to have a weird childhood. If you develop self-awareness in time, you're able to course correct and not be a super weirdo. Uh, I also have met a lot of people that they're super weird and like, I hate to get Freud uh, credit, but sometimes it's like, oh, something happened in your childhood. Like, do you want to like kill your dad and fuck your mom or something? And like, yeah. Yeah, it's weird how spot on some of uh, Freud's stuff is. Um, but uh, I think that... Uh, 
we need to figure out a way because it's that whole thing like just that old verbiage of like as we love ourselves more we trust the people that give us good news or trust the people that give us compliments and we're able to reflect that outwards and like you're not going to be able to truly love someone before you love yourself so the more you love yourself too the more expectations you put on others around you which is where boundaries start to come into play yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. I think um that's a great point as you become healthier at least I've experienced Mm -hmm. as I've become a healthier individual the pool of possible friends that I have shrinks because there are certain people that I just I couldn't (laughs) they're like oh you do math no thanks (laughs) yeah yeah, or just like deeply toxic people I've definitely I've had on my journey to be a better like kinder caring person I struggled with some of those where I would get like caught I would get like trapped in a conversation with someone that just like needs and craves validation and I like can't get back to the rest of like a party or I have if it is God forbid one on one I have a horrible time one on one where this person just rants about how like sad they are and how they like uh, can't get anyone to care and how they uh, like try to drown themselves in the shower uh, to because they feel like euphoric effect and they're just like like incredibly not socialized and it's like you, you can out of that sack of random values you can choose like three max but see I, I could handle I can have, handle somebody being like that like telling me they're trying to drown my, themselves in the shower only if they have self-awareness if they don't have any self-awareness and they just want to like gripe about it over and 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 over again I can't hang my brain is so solution based it's unreal like I have I tell my coworkers all the time I'm like if you have a problem come to me with the solution too like like you gotta do a little bit of both uh huh yeah people aren't solution oriented but I I have no problem listening to somebody be like for example you help me a lot through a lot of my like, oh, I just want to love somebody like situation. And I just want to be in a relationship with somebody. But if you, if I hadn't have had self-awareness and been like, I think that this is what I have going on, or I think that this is what's happening, or this is my perception of it. And was like aware of my own behavior involved with it. I think that you'd be like, Kayla, you just keep complaining about the same thing. Like, please talk to somebody else about this. <laughs> like, you'd get sick of it because there'd be no change. There'd be no change. It would all just be the same conversation with no difference. No progress made. Nice. We had like, yes, everything you said. No! All right. That has to be in our podcast. So. Oh, yeah. I'm mean, <laughs> basically explanatory grounds now. Um, so I'm glad it captured that last little no thing. Uh, for the past, like, just before that happened, I was trying to find the charger and I plugged it in as my computer had 2% battery left and then it shut off. So there's been a little bit of time between that and this. Uh, anyway, now it's the present, I guess. Now it's live. Um so, uh, it won't be when they're listening to it. What you were talking about, well, it'll be like, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> just as kind of like a photo isn't really a capture of that. It basically, like, if you showed a photo to a baby, they wouldn't understand that there's a deer covered in snow. 
because what it needs to do is invoke a reality in their head. So the reality that this is happening is happening live in their head, in conclusion. But anyway, uh, so I am glad that, uh, that we talked about that. Uh, there was a few other things I wanted to talk about, but I lost track because of that whole fiasco. But uh, with you working through your stuff, I'm glad you brought that up. There were moments, actually, that I was getting close to the edge of telling you that I would not engage with that because you were struggling with coming up with a plan. I know. You would bring up a plan, and, or like we, it felt like we came up with a plan, and then it, it kind of as you, I think it was this one. Oh man, it's gonna fuck me up that we did two podcasts. But um, it, I think it was this one, but you would like get drunk off of it. You would get drunk off of the overthinking or the Yeah, it thinking. would just be the, the snowball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so within it, you're, uh, and we can cut this out. This is, uh, might not be needed, but, uh, you're in therapy now, right? Or something? Not like anymore. Uh, well, I, I'm glad that there has been that shift because mm-hmm. like, it's, it's fascinating the way it worked. And like the last few times, which it hasn't been super, uh, recent, but, uh, I basically had drawn a line in the sand that like, I'm going to tell her I'm not going to interact with her if she like on those subjects, unless you simply follow a plan and then move forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I needed so. to do something. I'm happy <laughs> to see you. And as you mentioned that self-awareness or what it come, whatever it came from, I'm glad it like took hold and took effect. And also you do seem in certain elements, I, I think like the household, crazy household can have a negative effect, <laughs> but in certain elements you do seem healthier. I like that. Yeah. Overall, it's, it's pretty crazy. I can see where all of our friends have grown in the past, like four years. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, uh, some, I think, uh, I think sometimes I see certain people staying static. Same. Uh, and I think that's one because possibly truly they are, but also because they grow at a similar pace as me. And so it's harder to judge like, Oh yeah. Just, Cause like, you're just already I'm, up I'm here. I'm doing better. You're doing better. And it's like the same kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. But, um, uh, I, I know it's getting late. Uh, if you do remember what we were talking about before that, I know we were talking about, what was it? Self-awareness. <laughs> that's the course corrector in a relationship. And pretty much self-awareness in talking about the things that are going wrong in your life. Because having a friend that's just going to play woe is me all the time and not actually do something about it is detrimental for your own self-development. Right. Or, um, yeah, the, the woe is me, like the type of people that I've cut out of my life uh, would be like, like, I'm so sad. And I realize now that earlier when I referenced that, it sounded like I just hate it when people say I'm sad <laughs> and like, shut the fuck up. Bro. I feel like I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, like the, the person I'm thinking of in particular, they're like, I'm so sad and like, like everyone hates me and this person hates me and like all this stuff. And then like I bring up points or like examples of why that's not true. And they'd be like, nah. Nah, that, that's cute, but I'm pretty sure everyone hates me and, like, all kinds of stuff. So it was, I guess, like a lack of self-awareness, but instead just, like, a deep, almost commitment to negative thinking. And uh, so those are kind of how I identified toxic people, are people that want to bring you... They don't want to seek, like, uh, other examples. They instead want to bring you into their negative reality. Yeah, they want to bring you down to their level. Yeah. Their vibration, as my mom would put it. Hot, 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 hot. (laughs) 
But, uh, yeah, also with... I think, like, one way to, uh, like, present self-awareness in a different uh, verbiage is just better perspective. Like, that, that is what self-awareness is. It's yeah. just basically identifying, like, like, getting out of your head and seeing you in a bigger system. That and self-honesty. I think self-awareness has a lot more to do with being honest with yourself. Because to me, like how else are you supposed to be aware of your behavior unless you're willing to be honest about what your behavior is doing? I like that. Like, uh, what is your behavior causing? What is the reaction to your behavior? So, like, you got to be honest with yourself. A little bit of uh, column A, a little bit of column B, mm-hmm. I can see, because you can be honest. So you need to be honest in order to identify it. Uh, and then once you identify it, you need to have perspective to um, compare it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because otherwise, I, I definitely I thank you for pointing out uh, or getting emphasis on the uh, uh, honesty. Because, yeah, there's a lot of delusional people mm-hmm. that say, like, I'm great. I'm doing everything great. And even if they do have good perspective, uh, because of how they incorrectly catalog themselves, there's no need for change. Well, that, like, tone is a huge example for self-honesty and being self-aware. So many people aren't aware of their tone. And then you're like, why did you say that to me? Like, are you mad? Oh, no, I'm not mad. Like, I literally have spent 20 minutes listening to you yell about something and sound very angry. And then when I say that you're angry, you tell me you're not angry. Like, like so, yeah. like, what is really going on here? Like, do you have the awareness to realize that you're coming off as angry and are maybe not being honest with yourself that that's how it is being perceived? Or are you really deep down actually angry and not able to control your tone? Definitely tone is, tone is big. I think it's less important because tone is like one of those things where you need to be on your game all the time. I think the like more sustainable uh, and reproducible uh, counter for that is just like wholehearted uh, communication on both sides. That, um, for instance, the second part of your example, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not mad. And then like, dude, you just talked about it. Like, let's talk yeah. about that. What am I not understanding? Like, are you not, mad or is your tone just not right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and so just like I, more people need to be ready for like a, a conversation about what's going on right away. And that also gets into like the, the whole self-awareness, the whole gambit of self-love, whatever, uh, but self-observation. On the spot coaching. Yeah. Well, when uh, uh, people say like, what do you feel? So many people, like they don't know. And the, like it takes them a while to be like, hold on, why did I do that? I've had like conversation. I don't mean to break my hand, pat my back, but I've had conversations with Sophia where I say, Hold on. Um, I did react with a lot of energy just then. Uh, why? I think... I'm kind of spitballing here, but I think it's because I don't agree with this. And, like, I go from there. I think people almost have, like... That's the danger of fake it till you make it. It's mm-hmm. hard to cultivate a good sense of confidence. And people oftentimes have, like, a fake uh, self-assuredness. And the downside of that is sometimes when questioned, instead of looking to change or like read into a situation or truly uncover its truth, uh, they uh, uh, they 
whatever snap decision they initially went with, they blindly like back themselves up. On. Yeah, instead of being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's been times where I've like texted Caitlin something and then like immediately two seconds later, I was like, dude, I didn't mean for that to sound rude. Like, I hope that I can convey like my tone was not meant this way, but I realized how it could be perceived this way. And so I'm like instantly just like, wait, no, I recognize that that came out of my mouth or like, or just recognize in general, like there's been times with Jake where I'm just like, you're frustrating me. I love you to death. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> like, like, I can't, can't do this today. <laughs> nope. I'm getting irritated. I'm going to leave. <laughs> and that's, that's awesome because like that, the end to that interaction is probably way better than the end to if you had forced yourself to stick around. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that tone thing is, uh, it is like important, like I said, also with the, the immediate like communication. I had this uh, lady from work, I, I, it was on my day off and she messaged me and she said, oh my gosh, friend, you won the uh, like uh, sweater contest or something. And I said, what does that mean to me? And then I immediately was like, hold on. I mean, well, that's cool. Thank you for letting me know. And then also, like, what does that mean? Like, do I win something? <laughs> or like, yeah, exactly. Like, instead, like, I felt like I portrayed someone that, like, flicks a cigarette at him. It's just like freaking Jamie. Jamie always talks about the first time she met Justin and he was, like, standing there and she's like, I'm walking here. Like, told him to get the fuck out of her way or something. Completely joking. But then later on, she was like, I realized that he probably thinks I hate him because, like, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, like, get the fuck out of my way or something along those lines. I'm just like, it's just like with Summer. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Summer thinks I hate her, and it's not even on purpose. I just realized looking over the incident later on that every time she'd move close to me, mm. I just so happened to get up and walk away. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, she already thinks I don't like her. I can see how that would perpetuate that. That's not the case. Have you... Yeah, and you've reached out to her. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, instead of ending the podcast with good night and good luck, I'm just going to be like, being human is hard. I need to come up with like a little jingle. <laughs> being human. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, thanks. Got, uh, you need like a musical instrument. Uh, the devil's flute. What did I call it earlier? The trumpet? A devil's uh, trumpet that you're playing with with yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was like playing devil's advocate. It was trumpet. Yeah. Oh, nice. Do you know what a rusty trumpet is? I don't think I want to know. Uh, okay. <laughs> is a it, good, good I feel like it's just poop covered dick. Oh come on, dude! I don't want to know. <laughs> no I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, in that case, Kayla, did you have, did you have anything else you want to add? Nope, I didn't. Nice. I appreciated you. Thank you for joining me on this, and uh, as always, good night and good luck.